Before we begin, we taped this show on Tuesday, January 22nd, and since then, President Trump has announced a deal that would reopen the government for the next three weeks. This is Millennially Speaking, a podcast about politics, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm David Latimer, and joining me as always is Sherelle Boyer. Yes. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. That's good. All right. So so to get into it, we're just going to basically how this is going to work is we're basically just going to talk about really anything that's on our mind, anything that's topical, whether it's in pop culture, politics, things like that. Um, so what I wanted to talk about, um, first of all, obviously, the most important thing that's going on right now is the government shutdown and why it shut down right so i think we are on day 31 this is the longest government shutdown in history yes and there's no end in sight i basically everything that i'm seeing nothing is moving nothing's happening um i know the last uh when trump spoke most recently before he even got out and like came up with or, or proposed his plan democrats had already said in a written statement like we are not absolutely anything yeah, no one is going to team up with him. He sounds crazy. He sounds unrealistic. But don't you think somebody is going to have to break and someone is going to have to negotiate and bend? Yeah, when he gets impeached. <laughs> like, no. Well, okay. There is no way that they... This wall is just so... I mean, Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this shutdown lasted till the summer. Well, a lot of people are speculating that it could last for the next two years because he does have two more years. I mean, oh. barring any kind of impeachment or anything like that, he does still have two more years of his presidency. Right. I mean, that's their contract. But at the same time, like so many people are out of jobs. Yeah. DC yeah. looks like crap right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird seeing that there's people that are actually, you know, federal workers are going to food banks. That's kind of weird. It's yeah. These are it's, people that make like 100,000 a year. Some of them. But they're still living paycheck to paycheck as most middle class people do. And exactly. that's it's crazy. But um, so so even with like the plans that he's coming up with, I mean, honestly, he's bent more than anybody because, I mean, you saw talking about the um back during the campaign he was like it's a wall it's you know the wall just got 10 feet taller you remember that and these idiots were like yes build a wall right well the statistics have proven that more immigrants have come in this country through plane and they've overstayed their visas that is the issue not (laughs) crossing the border is what we worried about in like the 50s and the 80s i just think it's amazing that the his position on what the wall is going to be went from being a structure from sea to shining sea is what he said. And it's going to be like, you know, 50 foot wall. And now all of a sudden it's now slats. So it's, it, they're steel slats. And he said, it's not going to be sea to shining sea. It's going to be in the, you know, quote unquote, most important parts, which we've already been doing. We've already right. been putting in these, you know, concentrated areas where, you know, in um, urban areas or, or places like that, where you really need, some kind of a structure. But you know why it's changed so much? Because he's not a politician. He's an angry American. And that's how angry Americans sound. I listen to them. I listen to people speak. That's how angry Americans sound. They sound like they don't have the knowledge of politics. And once you understand politics, you understand why things are set up a certain way. If 
like I said, this problem was bigger back in the day, like in the 50s and oh, yeah. 80s. Why didn't they build the wall then? Because it's unrealistic. So what's frustrating to me now, um, you know that <laughs> I used to be, let's let's put it this way, oh, this used to be a very hardcore Republican conservative. I mean, people used to point out in like history class back I'm in high school, like the lone Republican, he's the... You know, Die things like hard. That. my my positions have changed a little over the years. My heart. Um, but what's what's frustrating to me as somebody who like would listen to Trump and like listen to what he wants to do and sort of be like, well, let's let's some of his policy. Let's maybe listen to it because we don't. I mean, at this point, we don't have a choice. Right. He's the president. Um, what's frustrating is that like a year ago, he passed on um, the bill that would have allowed the Democrats were willing to give $25 billion over a certain number of years for the wall right? in exchange for um, a pathway to citizenship for uh, DACA recipients and and the Dreamers. And he was all for it. And then all of a sudden he backed out. And people were like, oh, why did he do that? What happened? Well, as it turns out, his conservative media base was not behind that. People like Ann Coulter and Sean Hannity were very opposed to that and said... I mean, they were very opposed to that and they said, you know, that's amnesty. That's not okay. And it's just frustrating to see, you know, you want to stick up for, you know, oh, there's bipartisanship. There was working together. Right. But then when they gave a little, actually, they gave a lot. Democrats gave a lot by allowing the wall to even potentially be built. that's why we are so angry. And I get that. And that is why, and it's frustrating when you have our president saying that this is all Democrats' fault when we were like, we were willing to work with you. Like, that's one thing that people don't understand with politics. Politics was not set up for everyone to just be separate. It wasn't set up for, if you're a Republican, you can't talk to a Democrat at all. It wasn't meant for that. So I had something interesting. Okay. So so as somebody who lives in South Jersey and somebody who lives in the Philadelphia area. I heard that sale. Right. Sale. I was, or I continually am very frustrated uh, when I watch these daytime TV shows or these cooking shows that promote, oh, we're making some kind of Philly cheese steak oh. inspired dish. Meanwhile, they're living in Kansas. Um, <laughs> so this particular one that I was watching, this was the Today Show. Okay. And this was the weekend before um, the previous game. So so not this week, the AFC, the NFC Championship, the week before. Okay. So they were they had all different kinds of things inspired by the the teams that were playing. So they had something for New Orleans. They had something for, oh, like, the, the New England area for the Patriots. And they had something for the Philadelphia area. And they mm. were making these Philly cheesesteak slider things. And they put... <laughs> so, so they do the ribeye steak, and they do cheese, and they do onion... And then they're putting peppers on it, green peppers. So I post on Twitter, in all caps, peppers don't go on a Philly cheesesteak. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So um, I post this, and then I get into it a little bit with a friend of mine um, who who believes, like, very, very strongly that peppers do go on a Philly cheesesteak. And he is also a South Jersey native, um, born and raised. So I put it out there to people on Twitter and on Facebook. Do peppers belong in a Philly cheesesteak? Um, Facebook was pretty much divided. Um, Facebook will always be divided. I got 62 votes on it with 53% saying they do not, while 47% said that they do. Uh, and on Twitter, 
I got a little more decisive, but I only had 11 votes. So it was 64% said no and 36% said yes. So my question to you is, <laughs> do peppers belong on a Philly cheesesteak? I want to say no, but at the same time, a Philly cheesesteak you're supposed to put anything on it. You're supposed to oh. load it up. No, you don't load no, it up. Then what? That is it's no. pointless. No, 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 no. no. Oh. Okay. So a We're Philly cheesesteak. Uh, and, and I was getting into this on, on Facebook. A Philly cheesesteak is oh, here we go. the roll, the steak, and then you can ask for... Your pepper or your no, 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 your seasons. No, right? no, 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 no. You get the the cheese whiz and cheese whiz fried onion on a Philly cheese. Not cheese whiz. Whoa, just no, American no, no, no. cheese. No, cheese whiz. Yes. Where do you go and get your cheesesteaks? Okay, so the very first Philly cheesesteak originated at Pat's in South Philly. Right. I'm not saying I go there. I've been there a couple of times. But anytime I've ever ordered a Philly-style cheesesteak, it was always, you know, with cheese whiz and fried onion. And oh. when I want a Philly-style cheesesteak, that is what I get. Now, don't get me wrong. I've had other kinds of cheesesteak, like a pizza steak or just a regular, oh, you know. Oh, a cheesesteak hoagie is so good. Oh, my gosh, yes. You know, and we're but, the only region that knows about it. Correct, because Sad. nobody else has hoagies from, <laughs> hoagies. Sat- from South Jersey. South, South Jersey Philly, hoagies. From South Jersey hoagies. <laughs> but, no, it. It do- peppers do not go on a Philly cheesesteak. It's like, oh, and I can't even fight you on it, though, because every picture, like, as we talk about it, every picture that I see advertised in Philly for a Philly cheesesteak is just bun, cheese, and steak. Well, so what was interesting onion. is but also have- on uh, Facebook, I was fighting about this, and I'm trying to prove my point because you know how I am. I want to be right. Always. Um. So I fight about it and I say to this person, I go on Wikipedia and I say there is no uh, mention of peppers as like the main ingredients as like beef steak, melted cheese on a long hoagie roll. So I'm That's like proving it. my point. Yeah, no. and then, But then he comes back at me and he says the literal picture on the Wikipedia page has peppers. This and is why we can't use Wikipedia as a source. This is why schools are against Wikipedia. Gosh darn it, he was right. I went on there and I said, look at that. Those are green peppers. You cannot peppers. use Wikipedia as a source. I know. Because of the contradictions. Uh, like very, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So this is the Wikipedia website. I can see, though, that this was uploaded by somebody in Sunnyvale, California. So... Who wrote it? Uh, doesn't matter. The person that uploaded the picture is... Uh, from California, so therefore they do not know what a cheesesteak is. It's not a sound argument. Um, I don't know. I I am still on the position. You can put whatever you want on a cheesesteak. You absolutely can. I've had like special like Italian cheesesteaks where they do like um, pieces of tomato and they'll do That's like good. onions and, and oil and things like that and they make it real nice. Peppers are not on a Philly style cheesesteak. Well, Okay, so a Philly-style cheesesteak is just making sure that, like, it's that greasy, nasty, heart attack hoagie or cheesesteak. Right. So it's like, when you put other stuff on it, do you not... No, 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 no. It wouldn't be a Philly-style anymore. It's just a cheesesteak. But it's a Philly cheesesteak. No, when you order a cheese... So so if I go to, like... um, It's cheese and steak. As long as the cheese and steak is there, you're good. No, but if I go to, like, a local pizza place, like, around the corner from me... Right. They do serve, like, steak and cheesesteaks 
And they also serve sometimes a Philly cheesesteak. With the Philly cheesesteak is the cheese whiz and the fried onion. And that's it. Oh, Whereas the cheesesteak, no, the cheesesteak will be whatever cheese, whether it's provolone or, or American cheese or whatever they put on it. Right. So a Philly style, Philly style it's is cheesesteak. Cheese whiz and fried onion. Cheese whiz, no. Uh, put some American uh, cheese on I'm, it. I'm sorry that your opinion is wrong. but Oh. Yes. <laughs> but. <laughs> oh. Anyway. I wanted to talk about somebody else, so this is interesting. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is my everything. She is. She is. But I, you just have to be cautious with her because she's very, she came up very quick, especially in the social media and especially to millennials. Right now, we are so sensitive to anyone that is young and active and a woman. We are just like, yes, like you're exactly what we've been looking for. And I feel like she's kind of, she got her million followers on her Instagram, her second, because now she was told that she can't post on her actual Instagram. So she moved to um, like a representative congresswoman Instagram. And she's like getting a lot of followers on there, too. But a lot of people also don't like her. And sometimes I think she she talks. She kind of comes off a little bit as a socialist sometimes. And you can't do that. Well, uh, she outright admits that she is a Democratic <laughs> socialist. She's part of the Democratic Socialist Party. Um, yeah, and how's that party doing? I mean, they're they're. That's the problem is the Democratic Party is very split right now as right. to, you know, what do they want and. But as you can see, like Bernie had amazing ideas, like Bernie was the man. But at the same time, in American politics, there will never be a socialist as president. It'll always just be Republican or just Democrat. I think what's odd is Fox News's obsession with her they hate her i mean well well especially because they know they know darn well that she is one voice in you know this entire you know over 500 member party of people that you know she's not backing down well she's not gonna like make that much of an influence if she's the only one speaking out on certain things but she is though well she she's starting a conversation but but they're getting into these like oh my gosh you know she proposes these crazy things and oh my gosh seriously because she comes off as a socialist and that's what frustrates me with the democratic well is it is it because she's a socialist or is it because she's a woman of color both you know how you conservatives are uh listen i (laughs) i will let anyone speak absolutely 100 percent not all but definitely both but like i said she's that squeaky wheel i mm-hmm. think and she's so easy to target right now and i that's why i love her at the same time i commend her for not breaking at all like she's still doing her thing which is great but at the same time i'm like some of the things that you're saying is leading me back to bernie and bernie i love bernie like i said but not everything in this world can be free let's just put it that way yeah <laughs> and and i get a little frustrated um with certain generations that outright discount people because of their age right because oh they're young so they must not know anything she is young she which she is, is she, absolutely yeah. she's young but and and she might not know everything and i think there's some things that she might be either um misguided or or confused about or yeah. whatever we all are she doesn't have to know everything but 
the outright discounting of her is frustrating to me. You know, even as somebody who would not support her in an election. Right. It's frustrating to me to see people like ageism is absolutely a thing that exists. Uh, we learned that in 2016. Yeah. Election. It's and not just for for older people, but for younger people like ageism is a thing. And and people don't respect younger people's opinion because for some reason they think we're all uneducated. And that's that's unfair. That's true. And that's frustrating. Right. And um, so I would stick up for her in that way at least um but i mean obviously politically i don't you know agree with her but i mean how do you feel about people like her like going on like stephen colbert's show that's see but then people also had a problem when obama was doing that though remember obama was on ellen and everyone's like that's our president like he shouldn't be doing that like we everyone's trying like we saw what happened when we let someone with a tv personality come into office so now at first it was like no like we should all be joined together like i said obama was doing it and everyone's like that is that's fun like that's a cool it's a cool idea politics and pop culture coming together now it's like okay we realize that that shouldn't be a thing and everyone needs to split up so now politicians are like trying to step back from those shows more and then you you do see a lot more politicians on the news now which is a good thing but that's what I'm saying like with her like I love her so much and I feel like she's like kind of hurting herself by putting herself out there so much because she's trying to have the audience of everyone she's trying to get the old people and the young people but at the same time it's like you're also a politician act like a politician and she's also supposed to be representing the people in her district not not the the entire country she's like she I think she's she is grooming her. I do believe that she is grooming herself to be president. Probably, obviously, she probably, has years. Obviously, but right. she probably has bigger, you know, intentions and, and bigger ideas. Well, and Beto's the same way, too. Oy. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, is the Democratic Party now wanting to, you know, I've stick heard... up for people that lost their election? I'm just... <laughs> I mean, I'm I've just asking. I've heard a lot of stories of a lot of Democrats who have lost in their states... And they are now running for president. So it's kind of like weird because it's like if you lost in such a small state, what makes you think you're going to win in such a big country? Yeah. You Um, couldn't even get your own people to go with you. And to be fair, he did, uh, Beto O'Rourke, he did lose in Texas. Right. Texas. A Democrat in a red state. But against Ted Cruz. The um, Zodiac Killer. kind (laughs) Kind of like the most disliked. Uh, Republican. But Ted Cruz kind of like has Texas though. Like uh, the South is very set in their ways. But the fact that it was that close, that's it was true. very close. Texas will never. I don't want to say they'll never be blue. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a long time. <laughs> a long time. That's all for this edition of Millennially Speaking. I'm David Latimer, and as always, thanks to Sherelle Boyer for joining me. We'll be back next week.